I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. It's about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Join movement expert Aaron Alexander as he dives into the minds of the foremost innovative healthcare thinkers and movement masters on their approach to optimal health and wellness. Align Podcast. Welcome back to Align Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander. In today's phenomenal episode, I got to have one of my friends, Mr. Jim Quick. Jim is truly a legend in the world of uh, thinking more effectively, memory enhancement, uh, coaching various different celebrities and all sorts of influential folks around the world on how to make their noggins work more better. More better, that is actually some vernacular from Hawaii, that's pigeon, things working more better, more better la da. This is not starting off well, this introduction. He works with a plethora of pretty serious celebrities, ranging from Jim Carrey to Will Smith, all sorts of interesting individuals in between. Um, Amazing story, grew up with uh, some brain trauma, and he was known as the boy with the broken brain. So his story is really fascinating. In this conversation, we get into how to memorize quotes, uh, how to read faster, how to think better in general, uh, different tips in relation to nutrition, nutrition uh, and various different hacks of sorts. I don't love that term, but we do get into some some special things that could be considered a brain hack. So here's a little clip. And I feel like that, you know, we stop playing because we grow older, but maybe that's not the case. Maybe it's the opposite. Maybe we grow older because we stop playing. Thank you so much for tuning into the website, aligntherapy.com. If you are drawn to that URL, you will find the five-day movement challenge where you can learn the fundamentals of how to integrate better movement into 100% of what you do on a day-to-day basis. Every moment can become an opportunity to move better if you got some education on that thing. Uh, thank you guys for leaving us reviews on the iTunes or anywhere, any place that you are listening to this little mofo. Uh, I got one from Senor Huevos. Senor Huevos. That is a slang term for testicles, I'm pretty sure, Senor Huevos. Uh, fantastic podcast, five stars. First heard Aaron Alexander on the Aubrey Marcus podcast and right away thought, this dude knows what's up. And of course, had to check out his podcast and have since been exposed to so many great thinkers and ideas. Aaron really has a wealth of knowledge in many aspects of life and has inspired me to be more conscious of my movements, my alignment, and my overall health. Thank you so much for that tremendous review. Really appreciate that. That is how we get boosted up in the algorithmic gods of uh, iTunes and all the different players. So thank you guys for doing that. It takes just a second. You can just scroll down on your phone right now, pause this thing, and shoot us a little five-star review. It helps us out more than you could imagine. And Senor Ruevos, hit us up at a line band. Shoot us a direct message, and we will send you out some products from organic some type of superfood deliciousness. I think we are good to go. Um, Thank you so much for tuning in. You can jump over, if you had interest in this podcast conversation, you can jump over to the Quick Brain podcast with Jim Quick, where he continues the conversation with me, and we get into more of the specifics around how movement affects our brain. All right, thanks so much for tuning in. Here we go, back to the show, Mr. Jim Quick. Align podcast. This is the very first interview I've ever done barefoot and um, <laughs> and like all grounded. And what kind of tea is this? That is um, GHB and ayahuasca, actually. 
That's going to be a fun interview. Be... <laughs> the power of placebo. My um, mind blown. Yeah, and we just got done. You were just upside down, like like. Dude, that was also my very first acro yoga ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. I appreciate that. I gotta have you on my show because I've never. You're my movement coach, so this is this is this is awesome. I'm we stoked. Can, yeah, we can talk about it. Yeah. What kind of movement stuff do you do? How, have you tinkered or put any thoughts, ideas into? that connection of movement and body and all that to memory and brain or has it been more just up in the <laughs> it's all cognitive it's here. all right up there yeah it's really hard to separate the mind and the body feels and yeah i mean there you know when you have a, a thought it affects your your body obviously um but it's also the reverse is also true that as the body moves the brain grooves yeah as the body moves the brain grooves and there's all kinds of research i mean it is definitive everything from movement creating you know brain-derived nootropic factors to help you to be able to learn, promoting neurogenesis, neuroplasticity, to, um, there was a study done at Oxford University, uh, finding that discovered that jugglers actually have bigger brains, mm-hmm. that learning how to juggle actually creates more white matter. And so, um, I love this. I mean, I love the, the sessions that we're doing also. So thank you. Cool, man. Einstein, apparently his, so we needed at some point, we need to talk about how I can remember quotes and facts. Ooh. Cause I have like most of the things that I say in the line podcast are like 90% accurate. Mm-hmm. And then there's a 10% that's like wavering. <laughs> so I'd like to, to, to well, sort, we'll that. sort that out. Um, but Einstein, one of the specific parts of his brain when they, they like, they, I think it's probably still saved somewhere. Do you know where Einstein's brain is? I feel like this is like, right. No, it's been sliced and diced, sliced and diced apart. Yeah. It's interesting. Actually, his brain is actually, if you don't know this, it's actually the average human brain is about three pounds, but his actually wasn't, um, was actually less. Uh, and, but there are certain parts of his brain that had more connections that uh, were denser because he would do these, uh, thought experiments and every single time you have these different thoughts, you know, the brain, we talk about, I'm, a, I'm like a brain coach. I want just as people have coaches for their body and they want it to be faster, stronger, more agile, more flexible, you know, more vitality. I do that for people's minds. And, um, it's interesting because the same thing with your body, when, if you want to build a muscle, you give it novelty and you give it nutrition Mm. and same thing that that's actually what supports neurogenesis, neuroplasticity, neurogenesis, genesis, meaning birth, neuro, the brain, it creates, you know, the idea that you can create new brain cells the day you die and neuroplasticity is saying your brain is like plastic in a good way. It's very malleable. And the key to making those connections is novelty and nutrition, um, novelty of thought or novelty of body. And so this is, this is awesome. I mean, it's, it's so fascinating. If anyone wants to improve their self-esteem overnight, just, just study the brain, hmm. study your brain. It's interesting. You see that with, uh, like big bulky bodybuilders and stuff, which I, I pick on a lot, but I, it's all out of love. Um, I think you can be a really rad, huge bodied human being and also be really agile and be able to move really well. Mm-hmm. It is possible. But in general, like I know that you really like a- appreciate Bruce Lee and folks of that, that nature, he's a little guy, mm-hmm. you know, so he packs all this power and all this punch yeah. into this tiny, hyper efficient little body. And then it seems like you're saying we kind of do a similar thing with the brain. We, we can. Maybe. I mean, Bruce was like Einstein. maybe, yeah, Bruce was like a, a buck 25, right? And he's his martial artist. He inspired a lot of bodybuilders. If you, you know, look, listen to, uh, you know, watch interviews. And he was also a writer and he was a philosopher. I mean, he used his mind. He, you know, I really do believe, especially the age that we're in right now, 
yes, it's, you want to improve your, your movement and your muscle power, but it's also your mind power also as well. The challenge is, is like, where, where do you get that education? Just same thing with school. It's kind of interesting how they're cutting programs in physical education mm-hmm. and recreation, but people have to move. And now I'm really concerned because when, with children growing up on digital devices and they're taking away like a lot of like seesaws and, and swings because it's too dangerous that they're being, you know, overprotected and they're not able to go out there and play. And I feel like that, you know, we stop playing because we grow older, but maybe that's not the case. Maybe it's the opposite. Maybe we grow older because we stop playing. Mm. And when I'm talking about children, you think about the fastest learners on the planet, children, right? How fast can they learn in a new ability? How fast can they learn another language? How fast can they pick up a musical instrument, right? But part of it is, yes, they're still forming neurologically, but also they have ask a lot of questions. You know, sometimes adults, they feel like once their mug is full, then it's like, they can't put anything else in yeah. and they feel like they know it all. But the other thing is they don't play as much. And I think that sense of wonder, adventure, experimentation, like a child doesn't just try to walk a few times and then just says, okay, I can't do it. You know, falls down. And it's like it quits. But sometimes adults, we, we do that. Hmm. And so that having that freedom, I was, uh, where I know we're going to talk about quotes. I, I train a lot of actors to memorize their lines. Right. And I got to opportunity to work with Jim Carrey and I, I was always a big fan. And I remember we were in his kitchen and we were making a guacamole. <laughs> Avocados, by the way, are great brain food. And I asked him what his superpowers are and why he does what he does. Because I always want to know, Aaron, what, like, what motivates people? What drives them? Because mm-hmm. it's so important. And I, and I find that common sense is not common practice. A lot of us know what to do, but we don't always do the things that we know, right? And part of it has to do with tapping into that motivation or that drive. Uh, for him, though, I found out that I was like, why do you play all these wild characters like Ace Ventura, you know, Pet Detective and everything, these fire, firefighters and stuff? And he's like, I act very extreme on camera because I want to give permission for people to be themselves. And it's wild because his passion, when I was like, let's, we're fine tuning it. He, his religion, quote unquote, is helping free people of concern. Yeah. The concern of other people, like the expectations people have that, that, you know, that make you get, give you these walls or these barriers or these borders that you have to live in between. So I was like, wow. So he acts, you know, kind of insane, quote unquote. So it's like, Hey, you could be normal, whatever your version of normal is, and you could do it. Um, with a place of sovereignty and power. Yeah. It's almost like we, I've been saying that the reason I slapped you as you were saying this, cause I've been saying that for a while in relation to, to movement and like, like a dance party, for example, you know, so if you go to a, a place where the potential to, to dance exists, nobody wants to be the first person, you know, cause everyone's staring at you, you know, and once you get the first weirdo out on the floor, it's like, okay, the second's a little bit easier, but it's not until there's like this tipping point of like, okay, there's four or five people on the floor. Right. I can do what I've wanted to do all night. I can finally be myself. I can finally like let loose. Yeah. And you could express yourself going back to Bruce Lee. That's really what he wanted, you know, the human being to express themselves fully. Mm. You know, it could be whether it's body movement or it could be um, through their voice, karaoke, same thing. You go out karaoke and sometimes people have to wait to other people to, you know, get comfortable and such. 
but yeah, anything that we could fully and dance, by the way, and you know, this is incredible for the brain. Yeah. I mean, it is one of the best things to do physically to be able to stave off mental cognitive aging and decline, you know, where we slow down and we're not a really good thinker and our memory fades, but any kind of dance and movement, huge, huge for the brain. Yeah. I was reading a thing recently cause I did a thing with Max Lugavere, who you're also buddies with. And I was reading some article that came out of the scientific American is where I read the thing, but it was, it called dance as being like a, I mentioned it to you, like a, like a pleasure double play where we kind of have this, we get this stimulation and this really, this nice sensation of hearing the music itself. And then we also get that sensory motor kind of feedback of, oh, you actually have to move and you actually have to bridge your physical movement to the dance. So you have to kind of find this lock and key mm. type system. And so that, that it's that discovery of that lock and key. It almost like it feels to me like it's like neuroplasticity. It's like a metaphor of neuroplasticity. Yeah. Your body's like, how do we do it? You're like, okay, I found it. Yeah. You know, and it seems like from what they say, like that's that can't not happen in the brain at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's one integrated system. Yeah. The the brain. People don't realize this. The primary role and responsibility of the brain is to control our movement. Mm -hmm, right. And that that's how important it is. And so movement really is movement's life. Yeah. Like think about it, the opposite. When something doesn't move, it's it's dead. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so fully fully moving, expressing yourself, having flexibility. Um, they say that it was Oliver Wendell Holmes that said a, per, a, a person's mind once stretched by a new idea never regains its original dimensions. And I feel like the the human body is well, the same way. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, we got to talk about quotes, but one of the quotes that I got out of listening to your podcast, which I was I was genuinely impressed and really enjoyed, um, was what's the name of your podcast? It's called Quick Brain. So my last name is Quick, but the only thing is people have to it's it really is my last name. You just have to spell it right. It's K W I K. Yeah, K W I K. Yeah, so it's these really rad little like ten to fifteen minute tidbits of stuff that really helps, and you put it together really well. Like I was, I was impressed. I mean, I got to. Take some notes yeah, out of your it's, book. it's one of those things that just people on social media, and I know you and I are very active there, you know, with our education and stuff, um, sharing, you know, my, my mess became my message. So that's where I put it, you know, really a lot in social media, but it's, um, it really came from people posting questions all the time. How do you remember names? How do you give a speech without notes? How do you read a book a day or a book a week? And instead of just typing it out on Facebook or Instagram, there's the answers every single time. I just record it on my phone and then we upload it and it becomes an episode and you have it in 10 minutes, you know. How the heck do you read a book in a day? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the question. Yeah. Well, we can do that. I know you're an avid reader. There are like books and supplements like everywhere here. Um, well, so they need to be read is the difference. That's true. A lot of people have a lot of books. Right. But there's stuff like how many of these have you actually exactly. absorbed? And then how many of you actually absorbed is a big thing too. Huge. Just because you stream through a book. Exactly. And it feeds your ego and you can kind of put, check the list. Right. And you how know, many so are you actually too, applying on top of that? So it goes from like, you know, how many people go out to the, and we all, how many people here with us right now have ever bought a books and it, you know, books, multiple books, and it sits on the shelf yep. and it becomes, it becomes shelf help, not self-help, right? A, it's a prisoner. It's a challenge. And that does absolutely no good. You get no points for going out there and buying a book <laughs> and just having it look pretty on the shelf. Um, and then who, how many people actually go out and actually read it? And then how many people actually understand and retain it? How many people from there actually apply it? Because it's a lie. It's a complete lie that knowledge is power. Knowledge is not power. It's just, it's potential power. 
You yeah. know, it only becomes powerful when we actually use it and take action on it. Is there any take home things that one could do to speed up their reading? Yeah. So the truth is everybody listening to this could read faster, but not just faster. They could read it with better focus and comprehension. Mm-hmm. And that's really the key. Traditional speed reading has been long associated with skimming or scanning or skipping words or getting the getting the gist of what you read. Yeah. But, you know, we have online programs and we have students in 180 countries. I train, you know, these interesting individuals. Like I train doc- lots of top doctors. You don't want your doctor to get to just to get the gist of what she's reading. That, that one, you wouldn't want that. But how many of us ever read a page in a book, got to the end and just forgot what we just read? Yeah. And you go back and you reread it and you still don't know what you just read. So yeah, we did four episodes on speed reading specifically, but cool. I would say that one of the things you could do when you're reading that's going to boost your focus and comprehension actually is using a visual pacer. So a visual right. pacer is like a pen, a pencil, a highlighter, a mouse on a computer, um, your finger, and not going down the page or making fancy, you know, motions, S, Z kind of thing, just underlining every single word, um, reading for full comprehension. If you do that, your reading speed will, will boost 25 to 50%, which Mm. is a huge lift, you know, over time. Why is that? Because one of the things, a lot of what we teach is actually, we teach accelerated learning, but a lot of it is unlearning bad habits, similar to what you do with people's physiology. Right. You know, all those bad habits people have about when they're sitting on the computer and they're slumped over and they have these bad posture and, you know, they say sitting is the new smoking and, you know, all these things that people, the bad uh, habits people have with their body, they also have with their learning. We just learn, didn't learn the right way. Because reading, you're not born with the ability to read. You were trained. and But the question is, knowing that, when's the last time you took a class called reading? Like, how old How old were you? Right. Six, seven years old? That's probably the most important tool that you have. Right. And I, one, I, of, one of the most I really do believe it's, I think it's one of the best exercises for the mind also as well. It's right up there with dance, but people don't read anymore. And the reason why is they just, it's not fun for them, right? It's, it's when people read, they complain that, oh, I'm getting tired. I get fatigued. I get frustrated. You know, a lot of people use reading as a, as a sedative to help them to sleep. And that's, that's not, that's not the, the association we necessarily want when we're studying something and we want to be alivened and we want to, we want to ponder and reflect on information. So using a visual pacer and you could test this, I'm not saying, you, you know, and sometimes I don't believe the experts always the person on the podcast or that writes a book. I think you listening to this are the expert of you and mm-hmm. just test it for yourself. Read for 60 seconds, count the number of lines you read, and then Use your finger underlining for another 60 seconds, time yourself, and then count the number of lines you just read. And that second number will be 25, 50%. Whoa. And what the reason why is talk about unlearning bad habits. One of the bad habits most people have that they picked up when they were a child is called regression. Regression. This is the process of back skipping and rereading words right. or rereading whole lines back. And then we could spend a lot of time there wasted. And using your finger when you read, you'd appreciate this. First of all, um, the reason why, I'll give you a few things. Number one, children naturally do it until they're trained not to do it. They naturally want to touch the page when they read. That's true. Um, Number two, uh, we do it. And like nobody uses their finger while they read unless they were trained that way. But if I ask you to count the number of lines you read in 60 seconds, 100% of the people will go one, two, three with their finger. Right, they use a visual pacer naturally, so we do it. Number three, 
it's how um, our nervous system, our neurology is set up. Meaning when you think about the brain and the spine and our senses, certain senses work very closely together. Meaning, um, have you, uh, have you ever tasted a great tasting fruit before? Like, have you ever like something right off the vine, right from the farmer's market, not something that's been sprayed in wax and sitting in a grocery store. I used to live in Hawaii. Yeah. Sweet papaya it's, trees it's, and oh avocado goodness. trees and all sorts of stuff. Have you ever tasted like a great tasting peach before? Oh God. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Everyone and, they, and they happen to be like butt cheeks too. Right. <laughs> There's like an erogenous part of a peach. And everybody here is like salivating for, <laughs> from, because of one of the, one of those images. One of the two. One of the two. <laughs> it's so funny how the imagination, <laughs> the mind is interesting on a side note. Your mind doesn't know the difference between something you vividly imagine and something that's real. And that's a principle to better recall is using the power of our imagination, right? But um, going back into this juicy uh, peach, um, we're actually not tasting the peach. In, in actuality, you, you, because your tongue is not capable of tasting a peach, you're actually smelling the peach. So, but your sense of smell and your sense of taste are so closely linked that your mind can't process the difference. It knows it though when you're sick. When you're sick and you're congested in your nose, what does food taste like? Nothing. Right. It tastes bland or something, right? So you're not actually tasting the peach. You're smelling the peach, but sense of smell and taste are closely linked. Just as your sense of smell and taste are closely linked, so are your senses of sight and your sense of touch. So literally what will happen is when people are using their finger while they read, a lot of people will say, Jim, I just feel more in touch with my reading. In fact, yeah. if, if you have a toddler here and you take out your keys and you shake it in front of the toddler and you say, look, look with your eyes, like, look at these keys, look at the keys, what's the child going to naturally do? It's going to reach out and what? It's going to reach out and, and touch them or grab them. And put it in his mouth. Right. Her mouth. <laughs> exactly. Probably. So to be able to see it, they feel like they need to touch it. And the other reason why you use your finger while you read is it's how um, you're nervous. Like it's your eyes are attracted to motion. You know, as a hunter-gatherer and you're in a bush, you have to look at what moves in your in your field because it's survival, right? Number one, let's say you're hunting lunch, like you're hunting, you're in this bush, you're hunting this rabbit or carrot, whatever your diet is, <laughs> but the bush next to you moves, you have to look at what moves because number one, it could be lunch or number two, you, you could be lunch, right? So mm. your eyes are trained to look what moves. When you're using your finger while you read, you're actually being pulled through the information as opposed to your attention being pulled apart, which is a big challenge for a lot of people. In, in fact, when people lose their sense of sight, how do, how do they read? Braille. Yeah, Braille, sense of right. touch. So what I would recommend for this brain hack here is if you want to read more in less time and have better focus understanding of it, try using your finger while you read. And not, here's the thing, don't rub your finger on the page because there's or on the tablet, right? What you just want to be right above it because there's this thing called friction and I, I've caught so many books on fire because I read really fast. <laughs> um, but, uh, but all fire was discovered. actually. Exactly. I did. Yeah. yeah really smart people. Through, through speed reading. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I read that. So, so, um, this is a fact. That's a true fact. <laughs> and, um, and so it's one of my 90% facts, <laughs> if you see it on the 10 internet, percent of that, I'm not sure about, but I'm pretty sure that's how fire was discovered. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I saw, I saw, I saw that meme, you know, I think it was Abraham Lincoln on, on social media said that. So the thing is, is using your finger while you read, try it, experiment it with it and test it on, on yourself. And you'll, I think it'll help not only with your speed, but it'll help with your enjoyment.
Yeah. yeah. Have you ever heard that walking between learning something is really helpful as well? Tremendously. So every like 15 minutes, I think it's like, yeah. or, or I'll feel that I'll feel my body start to almost like itch. If I've been really brainy about something, yeah. um, I'll feel almost like this underlying urge to go and, and like walk it out. Yeah. And apparently that helps with creating it, neural it, connections. It does. It does. So when we move our body, uh, a few things, you know, and, and I know we're going to go into like memorizing information and quotes and facts and names and stuff like that. Um, taking breaks is important because number one, there's something called the Pomodoro technique that says that your attention span really is that it's about 20, 25 minutes. And after that, yeah, there's a, there's a dip, a significant dip. And so what you're doing by taking a five minute, uh, learning break or what I call a brain break, I do three things during that break. What happens is you're not, you're, you're going to have diminishing returns because you've lost that focus and flow, right? So you take a five minute break and I do it. I do three things that the brain loves. You know, in no specific orders, I do deep breathing, which is why I love the work that, that we get to do together because yeah. it's always making it conscious because that's a breathing is so important because it's something you do unconsciously, but you could also consciously influence it. So it's like that bridge between the two. And it's nose breathing as well as mm -hmm. we're working. So a lot of people are, if they're mouth breathers all the time, there's a whole nother slew of issues with that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, cause, so the deep breathing is important because also the oxygen is so important. A lot of people suffer from brain fog or mental fatigue. But what really they need to do is, is get more oxygen. And a lot of it has to do with their posture, right? If they're reading or they're on the computer and they're slumped over, you know, not only is their physiology, you know, from a visual mode to more of a kinesthetic mode, but also what you're doing is you're collapsing the, what, the diaphragm, the, the, the lungs and... Yeah, everything. Yeah, I mean, I, I read that the lower one-third of your lungs absorbs up to two-thirds of the oxygen. So if you want to be at optimal, you know, so oxygen is very important. So I do some some deep breathing for that five minutes, you know, for that break. And it could be box breathing, alpha breathing, Wim Hof, fire breathing, whatever, whatever it is. Second thing is I, I hydrate, right? Because the brain is mostly water. People don't realize how much water they lose with little things like like sleep, right? You can lose a pound of water when you're asleep through respiration and perspiration. The brain is the brain and body are seventy percent plus water. Hydrate, right, and have the best water ever. Also, mouth breathing, you lose a lot more water. Mm. Yeah, you see, like just breathe into a glass with your mouth versus your nose, and see, you'd be like, oh, there's science. That's interesting. You were you were saying that it actually affects your physiology, also for for mouth breeders in terms of, of the things. chin, yeah, orthodontic issues. Really? Um, generally, yeah. I mean, so you're creating a little bit more restriction. It's a smaller pathway, mm. you know. So when you're breathing through the nose. Um, it forces you to use your, the muscles of, of breath, your diaphragm muscles. And it could kind of create that, creating that little restriction. It turns it into more of like a, like an exercise. Oh, I like that a lot. And it also nitric oxide ends up increasing, you know, so by breathing yeah. through your nose, you end up, it ends up going through this whole elaborate pathway and along those way, that way your body ends up releasing nitric oxide. So they're, they're the mouth. Isn't that amazing? Because we're not, this doesn't cost anything, right? The yeah. best things. And like when we're talking about these doctors, if you will, we're talking about, we're talking about breathing and we're talking about water. And then the third thing that I want to make sure that I do is what we're talking about is movement. Yeah. You know, as the body moves, the brain grooves. And I just want, I don't, I just don't want to be sedentary like that. And so working with you, I mean, I think everybody needs coaches. The fastest way to accelerate your performance and, you know, and the results in your life is getting a coach, right? Sure. Uh, I mean, singers have voice coaches. You have a personal trainer. People have business coaches or a financial coach. 
And so a movement coach, a brain coach, I mean, these are things that are really fundamental for people, especially for your community. You know, they're, they're here listening, watching because they want to be their, the best version of themselves yeah. so they could be, do, have, and share the most of themselves. So, um, so yeah, I agree. When, when, you're, when you're learning every 15 minutes, 20 minutes, maybe half an hour, take a break and nourish yourself, you know, for a handful of minutes and then, you know, get back to, to what you're doing. One of the quotes that I'll, I'll mess up until we break down how the heck to remember <laughs> quotes in a second. But you mentioned in one of your podcasts, a Rumi quote, and it said, trade or sell your cleverness for bewilderment. That's amazing. Yeah. That's the spot on. Yeah. Yeah. And so with that, is there any, cause it feels like that's like a, like a root. Like if you remember, you'll remember somebody's name if you really give a shit. You know, you'll remember yeah. most information if you really have a reason to care. So is that kind of like a root level of working yeah, with people, I mean, finding how to care? It, it, it is because, um, you know, we certainly we have the mechanics and the tactics. When it comes to your memory, one of the keys is emotion. And I always tell people that information itself is very forgettable, right? But information combined with emotion becomes a long-term memory. Yeah. Information is very ordinary. We have, we're surrounded by billions of data sets out there, but information combined with emotion, and everyone knows this, you could prove it to yourself because how many of us, we have, uh, we can listen to a song and it could take us back years, right? Or maybe it's a fragrance. Olfactory is one of the most powerful triggers for memory, right? Your sense of smell, maybe because as hunter gatherers, you need to smell if, if food was, you know, rotten or, or there was poison or something like that, but it's the fastest right. connection there. But, um, or maybe it's a food, you could eat a food and take you back to when you were a child because information combined with that emotion became a long-term memory. Uh, Maya Angelou talking about quotes said, people will forget what you say. They'll forget what you did, but they'll always remember how they, how you made them feel. Yeah. Right. And so that's going back to the power of emotion. And so there, there are three keys to a better memory and who doesn't want a better memory, right? I believe two of the most costly words in, in work and life are, I forgot. You know, I forgot to do it. I forgot the meeting. I forgot what I read. I forgot that conversation. I forgot what I was going to say. I forgot that person's name, you know, those kind of things. And so three keys to a better memory. Everyone just remember mom, just remember mom. This is like the mother of all techniques, right? And so let's say somebody has trouble remembering people's names or remembering a quote, right? But there was a suitcase here of a million dollars cash. And I know you have listeners all around the world. So whatever the equivalents would be, right? <laughs> if you just remember like one quote or just remember the next stranger's name, who's going to remember that? Like everybody, right? Yeah. Because the first M in mom stands for motivation. And that's going back to why do we do what we do? Like I'm here, you know, people don't know, like they've seen me on stage and or on videos and I'll memorize like 100 people's names or 100 words or 100 numbers forwards and backwards. But I always tell people, I don't do this to impress you. I do this to express to you what's really possible. Because the truth is, every single person listening to this could do that and a whole lot more. We just weren't taught. If anything, we were taught a lie, a lie that somehow your potential, your intelligence, your memory is fixed like your, like your shoe size or something like that, right? 
And, you know, because we all grew up with the 20th century education that prepared us for a 20th century world. But at the turn of the century, it was this following directions and working in assembly lines. We didn't have to be creative thinkers. We didn't have to use our imagination. We didn't have to be great strategists. And so I think if there's one skill to master in the 21st century, it's your ability to learn faster. And the reason why I know it's possible is because you know this, but a lot of people don't. I, I, I grew up with learning challenges, learning difficulties. I was put in special classes and programs. I, I had a head injury when I was five years old and I didn't, you know, just like a lot of kids being very active, I got hurt and I had brain injury and I had these learning difficulties. And for so many years, almost a decade and a half, I just struggled and suffered. I didn't understand things. Teachers would repeat themselves three, four, five times. And eventually I would lie and say, yeah, I understand. But I didn't understand anything. I didn't have a good focus. I had a very poor memory. It actually took me like four years longer just to learn how to read. I don't know if anyone could identify with this or maybe you have somebody you know that struggles in these areas, but I taught myself how to read by reading comic books. That's why when people see, right. you know, my Instagram or something, I always like, I talk about superheroes and the superhero journey because I feel like we all have the potential to be modern day superheroes. And, um, and it wasn't until I learned these, these tactics and these techniques uh, when I was in college and I, and I just, everything got better. You know, everything in my life got better. And I started, I started to be really a little bit upset saying, why wasn't, why weren't we taught this in school? How yeah. useful would it have been to be, to, to learn the things that you teach, you know, about so movement and the body and kinesiology and sensory awareness, you know, cause those are all superpowers or learning how to learn. And I, I always thought that back in school, like where were the, they could teach you what to learn, math, history, science, Spanish, but what about how to learn, how to think, how to be creative, how to focus, concentrate, to, to move to, you know, to optimally, you know, your optimal health. You weren't taught how to remember things. It should have been the fourth R in school, reading, writing, arithmetic. But what about retention? What about recall? Yeah. Socrates says learning is remembering. And so my motivation for being here even now is when I started to help people, one of the very, my very first students, I was tutoring her. She was a freshman. She read 30 books in 30 days. Can you imagine mm. going online? And she read it like like understood it was applying it and i wanted to find out not how she did it because i know you know i taught her how to do it i want to know why going back to motivation and again i i, I found out that um as i talked about um her mother was dying of terminal cancer right. and was given two months to live 60 days by doctors and the books she was reading were books on health wellness alternative medicine energy and uh, she was determined to save her mom's life Six months go by, I don't hear from this young lady, and I get a call, and it's her, and she's crying and crying and crying, and I find out there are tears of joy that her mother not only survived, but is really getting better. Doctors don't know how or why, but her mother, and doctors called it a miracle, actually, but her mother attributed 100% to the great advice she got from her daughter, who learned it from all these books. And at that moment, I realized this big aha in my mind and in my heart, that if knowledge is power, then learning is your superpower. Mm. That knowledge is power, learning is your superpower. And I've committed my life, you know, at the age of nine, 
I remember a teacher pointing to me saying, talking to another adult saying, that's the boy with a broken brain. Fuck. I mean, like that stood with me. I mean, every time, and wow. it became my story, right? My self-talk. And uh, you have to, adults have to be very careful talking around children because your external words become their internal words. So every single time I didn't do well on a test, which was like every time, or I, I wasn't picked to be on the, you know, the soccer team or whatever it was. It was just, oh, I'm just, I have the broken brain. And that was it. Whoa. And that was my like identity and my belief. And so those kind of things, you know, especially as a child, you, you pick up. And so, you know, my goal is because I was the boy with the broken brain and I know what it feels like to work harder than everybody else and still not get the results, yeah. um, which we could all identify with. It's not working harder, but it's working smarter. But nobody taught us how to do that or learn smarter. So I, as the coming from the broken brain, I want I want to build better, brighter brains. And that, that's my mission. Like a billion dollars doesn't really like inspire me, but one billion brains, oh my God. Like that's awesome. Let's, let's do that. That's why I started the podcast because people could be listening to this right now, you know, anywhere in the world. And who knows if they learn a couple of things on how to think clearer or be more creative or to retain great information or, or read better and they could become a, the next Malala or the next, you know, Elon Musk or whatever, right? And they, they, they have positively affect the planet. And that, that really excites me. So no brain left behind. That's <laughs> no body, no brain left behind. How do you <clears throat> start to unwind the, the trauma of the, or the idea attachment to the, being the, the boy with the broken brain? Like what's that look like? Yeah. So, so I talk about in one of my podcast episodes, 10 keys for um, unlocking a quick brain, how to be a, how to have a quicker brain, right? K, KWIK, it's my, my thing is speed. Because the one thing in today's, the reason why I respect every single person for listening to this conversation um, is because your most valuable asset is your time, is your attention. Yeah. It's the two things, it's the things you can't get back, right? You can always make more money, but you can't have more time. And so that's why I want, you know, we're, I, want, I want this to be like your you know, one of the most valuable podcast episodes you've ever listened to because I respect people's time, you know, that way. Right. Going back, um, you know, that's why I'm always talking about speed. How can you do the things like read faster, recall faster, think faster, not frantically fast with a peace and a calm though. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, even what you do with your body, it, it's, it, it's almost effortless when you're more efficient, right? And that's what we're talking about people's brain because it's not like you use 10% of your brain. You use all your brain, but some people use their brain differently more, more, more effectively. And so, uh, we did this episode on 10 keys because one third of your memory is predetermined by genetics and biology, but two thirds is in your control. So it has to do with things like, you know, in no particular order, a good diet, right? A good diet. You are what you eat, you know, as, as our friend Max, you know, like, you know, we're talking about genius foods and we did a whole episode on the 10, you know, most important foods, my favorites, you know, foods for the brain. Cause I believe, what you eat matters, yeah. especially to your gray matter, right? Yeah, right. And, but the other thing besides that, you have stress management, you have um, the exercise and movement because as your body moves, your brain grows, whatever's good for your heart generally is good for your head because of blood flow and oxygen. We talk about sleep and, and brain protection and EMFs. Like I, I read recently that over 90% of kids sleep with their phones right underneath their pillows. Yeah. Can you, can you imagine? It's crazy. Like what's that? How's that rewiring, you know, our brains? And so a clean environment, a positive peer group. But one of the things is killing ants is actually clinically proven to be good for your brain. 
Killing what? Killing ants. Ants? Yeah. What yeah, amigas? Yeah. Oh, and, uh, no. And ants. Everyone, close your ears. <laughs> and ants, ants stands for automatic negative thoughts. I got that from oh, a friend, doc, oh. Dr. Daniel Amen, who's a brain doctor. Kill those ants. Automatic negative thoughts. And that was a negative thought I had. It was like, I have the broken brain. And people do this all the time. They're like, Jim, I'm so forgetful. And I, you know, I, I'm getting older. Or this runs in my family or I'm not. And somehow they're not enough. Right. And what I feel like, why I feel so kindred with you and so many of your listeners is we're kindred spirits because our work is about transcending, transcending. It's like ending the trance. Yeah. Ending this mass hypnosis of, from marketing and media and everyone that's trying to control like our behaviors that that's saying we're not enough that we we have these all these limitations and that we have to be fixed and you know what i mean this totally, whole idea and, and i believe you know talking about you know quotes i i i i believe in so many things that we read basically and it's about really transcending our approach in our beliefs about ourselves and our identities and such and so that negative self-talk holds us back and here's the thing if you say to yourself i have a horrible memory and all these things it's like a belief right and it's you have to be careful of your self-talk because your mind is always eavesdropping on your self-talk. Mm. Your mind is always listening, right? I remember I was preparing mm. to run a marathon, which is a lot of pressure when, when your name is quick, right? <laughs> a lot of expectations. And I was reading this book, and one of the chapters was on the psychology, the mental part, and the mindset of running a marathon. I was like, that's really interesting to me. So I read it, and one of the paragraphs said this verbatim. Because I'm a memory expert, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> we're we're going to talk about how to you do this. You know it's going to be on point. Yeah. It's, um, it said this, your, your brain is like a supercomputer, and your self-talk is a program it will run. So if you tell yourself you're not good at remembering names, you will not remember the name of the next stranger you meet because you program your supercomputer not to. Mm. Your mind is always eavesdropping on your self-talk. Yeah. So you want to keep that positive. So how do you how do you change that? How do you change it? One of the things that I feel like, um, and I did a few episodes on changing negative beliefs and negative self-talk. Simple thing we could do is put very powerful words, only three letters at the end of that sentence, and the word is yet. Right. I don't have a great memory yet. Right. And then it just opens up this possibility. Some, something a little simple like that. Changing little things like that make a big difference. Like I did a, an episode on how gratitude rewires your brain, like the science behind gratitude. And um, it's interesting, like even like these little hacks, like instead of all the things you, you got to do, I, you know, I got to take the kids to, the, to school. I got to help them with their homework. I got to work out. I got to eat this food, whatever it is. Changing that one little letter and got that O into an E. I get to take my kids to yeah, school, huge. right? I, I get to eat, you know, this, I get to eat the best foods ever. I get to work out today, right? It just changes your attitude. And it's very true that your attitude affects your altitude in life. And I think that's really important. So managing your self-talk, self-awareness, I think is a superpower. Just being aware that we're doing it is important. That's why journaling is so important. And I like, I really don't know, like if it's, I look at studied geniuses and I do believe genius leaves clues that one is somebody is exceptional. That's why I have so many coaches. Somebody is exceptional. I don't mean IQ genius. That's the furthest thing I'm thinking about. I'm talking about somebody who is excellent at, in, it, in their field, right? right? In their, in their expertise. I believe that there's always a method behind the magic and it's learnable. But one of the keys is taking a noun and turning it into a verb, meaning I don't believe that you you have creativity 
or you have focus right. or you have memory or you have love or you have energy. I think those are actually things you do. You don't have creativity. You do creativity. You don't have focus. You do focus. You don't have a memory. You do a memory. And you don't have love. You do loving things. And so the benefit of taking into a verb is there's movement. Right? It's not something static. I wake up, I, I hope I'm creative so I can write my book today or whatever. Right? It turns into a process and then you can do it step by step and you can access it you know, at will. And so same thing when it comes to, uh, to, your, to your learning. When we're talking about memory, there's no such thing as a good or bad memory. There's just a trained memory and an untrained memory. And if somebody has a great memory, you could learn how to be able to do it because genius leaves clues. And there's always a method behind behind the magic. So another thing you could do uh, to be able to change your uh, your negative self-talk, there's a lot of different um, modalities. You know this, like things like things like EFT, right? Like tapping, yep. you know, tapping on the meridians is a great way. I did a whole episode on using magic to change your, uh, your negative self-talk. And I have this acronym called ABRA, like abracadabra and A. Oh, you love this. A has to do, so let's say I have a negative self-talk, right? I'm going to diff you in a bridge version of this podcast episode, very, 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 like 30 seconds. You have negative self-talk or you have some kind of pain and discomfort in the body. The A, so it's A-B-R-A, right? Abra, cadabra is magic. Abra actually means, abra, cadabra is actually words turn into um, reality, right? That That's like, like when, yeah. when magicians do that because your self-talk is huge, right? And then imagine that if everything you said to yourself came true, like, would you be more self-conscious about the things that you, you said for? Yeah. And, and people all the time, they're like, oh, I have a horrible memory. I'm not smart enough. If you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them, right? If you argue for your limits, they're, they're yours, right? So you want to be very, very, very conscious. Um, but the A, let's say I have a negative self-talk. Oh, I have a horrible memory. You acknowledge it. So the ace is you acknowledge it because you don't want to fight it and counter it because, you know, I have, I do this thing in audiences where I have, I have them like raise their hand and I have them raise their other hand. I say, you know, push, push the other hand, push the other hand, push the other hand. And then they push, 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 push. And then literally like what I would think the whole audience would just, it would just fall down because I never say push back. Right. But in general, what resistance, right. What we resist persists. Yeah. And so you don't try to fight it. You don't try to say, Oh, you know, I, I have a positive memory. Like you don't do that. You know, like it's like not thinking of a big polka dot purple giraffe. Don't think of a big purple polka dot giraffe. <laughs> don't think of it. No matter what you do for a million dollars, don't think of that giraffe. We're going to do it because we can't process a negatives. Right. So you acknowledge it because if you resist it, you're just going to persist. Right. So the A, the B is, is the power of breath. Right. You, you breathe, you breathe into it. Let's say you find the space where that idea or that pain or that discomfort is. So you acknowledge it and you don't resist it and you breathe into it. And then the R is you release, right? You breathe in, you know, infinity and power and freedom and, and creativity. And then you release that, whatever that thing is holding you back. Right. Yeah. And then the last A is a line. Bam. Bam. There oh, you go. Done. Infringement. Yes. How do I how do I drop this mic drop it. that's on my head? It's not possible. It's too expensive. We need more sponsors. <laughs> but um, but then then you align and we talk about how to do that. But just you align to maybe the opposite, you know, more of your truth, right? And I really do believe that it's you know even when people set goals, it's not and let's say one of the reasons why we procrastinate, we we self sabotage is it's not our truth, 
right? And we want to know what, like, what, what our truth is, because it's usually some expectation set by our parents or the Joneses or whatever it is, but you align back to what the reality is. And I think another way of just changing your limiting beliefs is to get yourself to do something you never thought you could do. Like, like the acro yoga we're doing this morning, right? Yeah. That, that opens up new possibilities. Mm -hmm. Like in every single, like we, in our online programs, or even I teach people how to memorize my top 10 favorite brain foods. And you're like, there's no way I can memorize that in a, in a, in a few moments. And they do it and they're like, oh, wow, I did it. What else is possible? Or I'm reading 25, 50% faster. What else can I do? Right. Yeah. And so you kind of shake up the limiting belief. Kind of like, um, talking about athletics, because I know, I know you work with a lot of athletes, um, Decades ago, Roger Bannister in 1954, what did, what did he, was, he was famous for, for breaking the four minute mile, right? right? Throughout human history, nobody could run a mile in less than four minutes. And interesting, he did it. Uh, if you look at interviews, he closed his eyes besides physical training. He did mental training. He closed his eyes and imagined himself looking at the clock crossing the finish line. And it says 3.59, three minutes, 59 seconds. Because wow. he knows what you know, what all of your listeners know, is that success is an inside-out process. Hmm. That as the famous uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer says, it's not you'll believe it when you see it. It's the opposite. You'll see it when you believe it. Hmm. Right? And so it's interesting. He knew it, it had to happen inside to happen outside. And that wasn't interesting to me, though. What was interesting to me was what happened afterwards. For hundreds of years, nobody can run a mile in less than four minutes. One person does it. What happens after that? Cascade. Yeah, there is this oh, cascade effect. Floodgates. Literally, dozens of people start running a four-minute mile, sub four-minute mile. Why was there big the next couple of years? Were there big evolutions in personal training and supplementation and foot and foot shoe technology? No, right. Where was the change? Belief. Yeah. Right. Because you know what the belief was back then. The belief was back then that the human heart could sustain a sub four minute mile and it would explode in your chest. <laughs> now that wouldn't keep me from running a four minute, I'm a runner. That wouldn't keep me from running a four minute mile. That would keep me from running, jogging. No, I wouldn't even put on, like I wouldn't even right. jog anywhere because I would be so concerned because all behavior is belief driven. All behavior is belief driven. If you want to get a result in life, you need to do a behavior. But in order to do that behavior, you need a belief that allows that to happen. And so that's, that's a big distinction. And so what I would say is that's one of the core tenets of, of learning or achieving anything in life is, is if you believe you can, or you believe you can't either way, you're, you're right. Wanted to take a quick break and thank our sponsor Organifi for supporting the show. Organifi is a rad company. I utilize their superfood blends on a daily basis. Um, holding in my hands the green juice right now filled with all the green powders your little heart could desire from uh, wheatgrass to spirulina to chlorella to matcha really excellent stuff highly recommend checking them out they also do protein blends that are vegan as far as I can see so the protein they're using in here is pea protein quinoa protein and pumpkin seed protein everything's organic everything's delicious highly recommend checking them out so go Organifi O-R-G-A-N nifi.com and utilize the align code for 20% off organifi.com align code a-l-i-g-n 20% off get that stuff thank you guys so much for tuning in back to the show Pow.
So you're really tremendous at communicating in a way that allows people to grab onto handles and you like your language is formed into tweetables and, and you do <laughs> mnemonic devices and all that. Is there some way to kind of hack language, which hack I'm like kind of mockingly using it, but, but little tips that people can take away to be able to communicate better to their family or to their yeah. their team or to themselves that it's that the language is more impactful yeah i would go that's a perfect segue so we're talking about how how to be memorable right and be un unforgettable and we're talking about mom right the m is motivation so what i would say is first if you want to be a better communicator or if you want a better memory first tap into the m which is motivation which going back to feeling is just showing you care because when we forget somebody's name or we forget a quote, whatever, it's just a, we're just saying it's not that important. Because remember, like when we had the million dollars there, everyone's remembering someone's name for a million dollars. So it had nothing to do with your capability. It had everything to do whether or not you wanted to or not. Mm. So I always start with, I, I remember I was mm. doing this, this talk in Silicon Valley. And afterwards, someone in the audience, it was actually Bill Gates, comes up to me. And we have this... I, I, he first, I asked him, I was like, if you could have any one superpower, what would it be? And he's like, the ability to read faster. I'm like, oh, I can totally help you with that, right? Yeah. But we had this deep conversation about the future education and this crowd's gathering around. And I'm talking about it from a theory standpoint, adult learning theory, accelerated learning, meta learning. Um, and he's taking it from a tools technology standpoint about what, where the world's going from technology and education. And somebody listening, you know, saying, hey, is there anything missing? And we talked about it and we were like, motivation. We both came to the same conclusions that understanding human motivation, because so many people know they should do X, but they don't do it. So how do you tap into that? And one of the powers of doing that, one of the ways of doing that is asking new questions. So like remembering someone's name, ask yourself before you meet them, why do I want to remember this person's name? Maybe it's to show them respect. Maybe it's to make a new friend. Maybe it's to do some business. Maybe it's to practice these things I learned on this episode, right? Because what you practice in private you're rewarded for in public. Mm. What you practice in private shows up. Yeah. I, I was coaching, and I know we're saying a lot of quotes in, in this, <laughs> and this is great. So you could actually write down all these quotes as you're listening to us, and we'll, we'll teach you how to memorize those also. We have show notes, no big deal. People yeah, can there grab you go. on the show notes. Go to the show notes. Show notes. And then, um, and then so I was working with this actor, um, I was working with Will Smith, right? And I wanted to find out, um, and I posted on Instagram, I was like, what do you do for your brain? And we did this Insta story. He was like, I run and I read yeah. every single day. Do something physical and I do something mental, right? And we were, they were shooting this movie at nighttime. And I was like, dude, how do you, at three o'clock in the morning, do you prepare to just like, you know, you're waiting here all this time. And then they're like, they go, all right, you know, they're ready to film. And how do you get like ready? And he was like, he looked at me, he was like, Jim, I don't have to get ready. I stay ready, Yep. you know, because that, that's what you do. When I say you practice in private, what you practice in private, you're rewarded for public. Like you, you live this, like we spend time together, you know, through our sessions and, and social, like you live what you teach. And I really do believe the life you live are the lessons you teach, hmm. right? The life you live are the lessons you teach others. And it's not what you say because it's better well done than well said. And everyone, that's why I feel like just because you won't buy the book or anything, you feel like you get credit for that or just because some people could repeat everything you and I teach, but they're not doing those things. So they, they really know it, right? right? And so I feel like knowledge, again, is not power. It's only potential power. And so going through here, I'm just saying, how do you put it into action? So the motivation is asking yourself, why do you want to remember a person's name? Because here's the thing, reasons reap results.
reasons reap results. If you can't come up with one reason or do something or remember mm -hmm. something or to remember quote whatever, you won't remember it. But the O, going back to your question, what I would say is, um, like, how do you become a better communicator, a better, a clearer communicator to somebody and make it more memorable um, and stand out? The O stands for observation. Observation. A lot of people blame their memory on their retention. It's not their retention, it's their attention. If you really want to know what the art of memory is, the art of memory is the art of attention. Mm. It's the art of presence. And I feel like if you want to be a great communicator or if you want to have a great memory. So um, President Bill Clinton, a lot of people don't realize this. He has an incredible memory. And yeah. how I know this is I went, I met him once and then a couple years later, um, and it was a very brief encounter. A couple years later, there's a charity event. It was like 2,000 people. And I go and I look at my, my badge and it says, okay, this table. And I go to this table, the sign table, and I'm the first one there. And then after I sit down, um, Forrest Whitaker sits right next to me. And I'm a huge Forrest Whitaker fan. And then um, if anyone hasn't seen Black Panther, I loved all these movies. Um, and then after that, he, um, Richard Branson sits right next to him. And then Ashton Kutcher sits next to him. Ashton's twin brother, who I didn't realize had a, tw you know, a twin brother, sits next to him. And then 20 minutes into dinner, President Clinton sits right next to me. And I'm flipping out because I don't even know. I swear, if you, it's so crazy. Like I, I, I had the post the post is on, on on Instagram. I don't know how this happened, but the lesson I get from it, and the reason why I'm mentioning these names, is not not to drop names. It's actually more of a memory device because next time you watch Will Smith or Fly Virgin, you know Richard's play, whatever, it'll remind you of of the lesson hmm. as opposed to talking about uh, Bill Smith, That's right? Good so here, so when the President Clinton sits down and we're having this conversation, and here's the th reason why I know he has an incredible memory, is he remembered my name, and I was like, okay, fine, maybe he was fed the name. He knows obviously secret service, whatever knows who's sitting at the table. And then he, he starts talking about picking up the last conversation we had. And I'm wow. like, Whoa, that they wouldn't know that's freaky. And so, and when he's talking to me, this is the thing, Aaron, I, I, I felt really weird actually. Cause I noticed, I, you know how you step out of yourself a little bit, like sometimes when you're in a conversation yeah. and I noticed he's not paying attention to anyone else at the table. And there are a lot more important people in that room than, than me. But he was like looking right at me. And a lot of times when you're out at events, people are looking over their shoulders, like who's more important, sure. you know, Los and, Angeles. <laughs> and, um, and so it's a big challenge to their focus, but going back to O is observation. President Clinton has this incredible memory and regardless of your political ideology, you have to admit, like talking about being a communicator, like that was the question, right? How do you better be a better communicator? He's got, he's a great communicator. He's got great charisma. He has clarity, right? He's, he's a great connector and he's got incredible memory, but I think his incredible memory and his powerful presence comes from being powerfully present. Mm. That his incredible memory and his powerful presence comes from being powerfully present with people. And that's something that's available to who? All of us, yeah, right? right? And that's the thing. When it comes to being a better communicator or having a better memory, it helps just to be present with people, being not looking over your shoulder, looking around, or even more what people are doing is they're not distracting themselves externally, they're, they're distracting themselves internally. Like most people, if they're really honest, they're not really listening. They're waiting for their turn to talk or they're thinking about how they're going to respond. Yep. But one of my very favorite books of all time, it's a must read, is by Dr. Stephen Covey. 
It's called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. These mm. are the seven habits that are you know most effective people subscribe to and practice. Because first you create your habits, and then your habits create you. Right? First you create your habits, and then your habits create you. The most popular episode by that we we produce by far in our podcast are the, my my daily morning routine. Like how the 10 things I do every single morning to jumpstart my, my brain, mm. because those habits, if you want, as, as you've heard from other people, like if you want to win the day, you got to win the first hour of your day. And they say up to 40% or more of your, your activities every day are habitual, right? Even our thoughts, they say we have about 50 to 70,000 thoughts a day. Let's say 60,000 thoughts a day, which are a lot of thoughts, right? And I think it may, might be giving more people credit than, <laughs> but Here's the thing. 95% of those thoughts are the same thoughts we had yesterday. I wonder how much of it's food, that. food and sex. <laughs> Survival, right? I and so quite a bit. Um, big, big parts of the brain. Um, and so here's the thing. This is, that's why we don't have new changes in our life because 95% of the, our activities, our movements, our thoughts, our emotions are the same we had yesterday. And how do we make like big leaps? Another one of my favorite books is a book called Zero to One. Um, by Peter Thiel, who's one of the most successful angel investors, basically saying the goal is not to go from two to three or three to four or four to five. That's incremental growth. How do you go from zero, nothing, to something brand new, one, hmm. right? And really, it starts going back to the power of questions. Like if you had to, like think about your five or your 10-year goal. If you had to reach your 10-year goal over the next six months, how would you do it? Yeah. I mean, you ask a new question, you get new answer, right? And that's all thinking is. It's just, you know, this process where we're asking questions and we're answering questions inside our own mind. But going back to observation, I'm saying that most people aren't present. And and in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, one of the habits is seek first to understand, then to be understood. Seek first to understand the person, and then to be understood. Mm. And I feel like that all you have to do is what? Be present and listen. Even if everyone's just imagine the the word listen in your mind and the screen in your mind and if you can't imagine it imagine you can imagine it and you see the word listen if you're to scramble the the letters kind of like a brain teaser um what other word does it spell like perfectly it spells the word listen if you move the letters around it spells the word silent mm. and most people aren't silent and when i'm talking about having a stellar memory like think about it we're only at the m and the o right M is being motivated, caring. Because how are you going to show someone you're going to care for their future, their family, their their health, whatever it is you're offering them, if you don't care enough just to remember their name, right? So just motivation is just caring about a person. And the O is observation, is just being present with somebody. So I think really memory is just being a good human being, yeah. caring about somebody and being present with them. Because they don't want your gifts. They want your presence, which is another word for, for gift. But finally, the last M in mom are the mechanics. And I don't mean the person that fixes your car. I mean the tools, the techniques, the strategies on how to remember names, how to learn another language, how to remember quotes, how to give a speech. You know, I train a lot of the TED speakers how to make, give their 18-minute talk, talk from memory, right? But I put that last only because I really do believe 80% of success is the mindset, you know, motivated, showing you care and being present. And then the mechanics are what we put in our podcast, what we put in our online programs. Yeah. We got to wrap this thing up. You got to go to Italy. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about quotes real fast. Can right. we talk about quotes? Yeah. I wanted to say one thing that was, yeah. that was pop my, because I was trying to be present and also the, uh, it's, a, it's a, an interesting dance in podcast land that 
that truth of being present and silent with somebody Mm -hmm. and not just prepping the next thing you're about to say. Yeah. It's a really important practice. But one of the things that was popping up as you were saying there is, uh, it seems like maintaining like a, like a child's mind is maybe one of the, maybe, maybe the most, maybe one of the most important parts of success and remembering it's like, if a kid's not interesting in something, interested in something, they just stop doing it. Yeah. You know, like we force ourselves into these different boxes and then we force ourselves to have to memorize all these bullshit reports and labels. And you're just like, I don't know why I don't remember. It's like, dude, you are put on this earth to do something else. Maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, so, so respecting, I think that, that, uh, you know, the child's mind being able to just like, yeah, yeah, maybe there's a reason you're not into any of this. Maybe there's a reason you don't remember any of this stuff. This is, yeah, I think there's a big truth to that. Having a child's mind or, you know, in Zen, like the beginner's mind emptying yeah. the cup and just feeling like a lot of people, they'll fight again saying, oh, I, I, did, I, I have all this experience in healing or sales. Like maybe it's 30 years, but, but some people, if you really deconstruct it, they've had one year of experience that they've repeated 30 times. Right. Like with you, you're always learning. So you're always improving your craft, but some people settle and they don't have that beginner's mind anymore and they can't advance anymore beyond that. And that becomes like the prison that they're in. Yeah. And so I think that attitude is so important because children are the, are the fast. They learn so fast and they have fun with it too. And really the message here is just fall in love with your brain, love your brain, fall in love with learning again. Mm. You know, and it's really not about how smart you are. I I don't believe in in IQ. I don't think it's fixed at birth. I don't think that SATs, it's just math and verbal. There's so many other intelligences besides that. Multiple intelligence theory says it's not just verbal, mathematical. What about interpersonal intelligence? People are great with people. That's a form of incredible intelligence, genius. What about people who have kinesthetic intelligence, right? With the body, like athletes and dancers and such, you know, the work that you do. What about people who have visual spatial intelligence, people who could edit these videos and have great graphic artists and architects, you know, what about environmental, like natural intelligence, meaning connection to nature? (laughs) There's so many, what about musical intelligence, right? I mean, there's so many. And so it's not, it's not how smart you are or how smart your kids are. It's not that you're asking the wrong question. It's not how smart you are. It's how are you smart? Mm. And that's really the key. And then that instantly gives you permission because the school system, and it's not, it's not a slight against teachers. Like my mother became a school teacher because she wanted to help me with my challenges. Right. And, you know, I have an aunt that's a school teacher. It's not the teachers. They're, they're, they're some of the most giving underpaid people in this country. And I would also, it's a system issue. Right, the world has changed so fast. We're on our smart devices. We have car, you know, electric cars and spaceships that are going to Mars. But our vehicle of choice, when it comes to education and learning, is like a, it's like a horse and buggy. Yeah, you know, that's true. They say if Rip Van Winkle, you know, the guy who slept for decades, if he woke up today, the only thing he would recognize are schools. <laughs> and, the, and the world has changed so much. And I just, if you feel well, stressed, overloaded, distracted, you're suffering from like digital dementia where you can't remember things. You feel like you can't remember if you shampooed your hair in the shower or you can't remember. You go to the store to buy one thing. You come back with like two bags of things except for that one thing you needed to buy. It's not your fault. It's just we weren't taught how to do this. You said you said you're, and we really got to wrap up, holy God, but that's okay. Um, this is just be a longer episode. That's all right. But you got to go to Italy. That's the big thing. But you said that uh, we think that our brain is like our shoe size, you know, that it, it doesn't change. Right. And then the thing that popped up for me with that while I was trying to maintain silence and presence um, 
is our shoe size also expands when we take our freaking shoes off. Interesting. So most of us are concealed in these tight little high heeled, whatever shoes that are actually constricting the potential of our, our bone structure. You could kind of say like this schooling system is a similar, similar metaphor. That's interesting. Where it's concealing you. It's you putting this into this container, but if you can find the courage Mm -hmm. to come the shit out of the container, you know, and just allow yourself to kind of, and you could be free to soar and you could be, Literally grounded also at the same time. Yeah, that's right. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. How do we remember quotes? Then we'll wrap this thing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, all these things. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, so I get to, to work with a lot of actors and poets and helping them, you know, word for word. Uh, I'll give you a few brain hacks. And then um, I did two episodes on this. So first thing, you got to read the quotes. And so going back to the speed reading, I would use your finger while you read because yeah. it'll help you be more in touch with it. So I'll give you a bunch of R's right now. R, first, because I like iteration and it's a mnemonic device, read, right? And then the second R, reflect on the quotes, right? And so this is not, again, this is common sense, but it's not common practice. All I'm doing as a coach is making this explicit for people. And I have like 15 different R's and you, you could go through them. But the second thing I would say is reflect on it. Like, really, what does this mean? Um, so, because you don't want to just repeat things ad nauseum, you want to understand them and have that meaning. Just same thing when you're reading something, right? I would say the third R is you want to write them, and and I would yeah. actually say not type them, but actually hand write these things um, because there's this visceral connection. I did this whole episode on note taking. What's better, digital note taking, typing things out, or handwriting? And across the board, when people are tested for comprehension and retention. Handwriting, mm. handwriting. So, so handwrite it out. But other things you could do, like I teach something called a review technique, where you actually study it, because um, repetition could be one of those R's also as well, because it is power. My goal though is to give you something other than just repeating things over and over again, right? When I when I memorize a hundred names or numbers or words, I don't do. I repeat it once, and you could do. Everyone could get the same kind of results. Kind of like working out the body, because it's intensity, frequency, and duration. You could go and you know frequently uh, do lots of reps, or you could do durations, more time on the elliptical or whatever, or you can make it so intense and get similar kind of results. We do it, we use it based on intensity because it's working smarter than harder. But I would say there's a space review that if you wanted to um, consolidate short to long-term memory, um, one of the things you could do is space out the, the, the training. And then another R is rest because you actually right. consolidate short to long-term memory when you're sleeping, right? Sleeping is so important um, because you can't, you could can do everything else, eating the best foods, controlling your negative self-talk, being around the best people, cleaning your environment, right? You know, new learnings and stress management. But if you're not sleeping, you're not, you're not, that one thing can be off. Everyone wants to know what the magic pill is. There's no magic pill, but there are magic processes. You got to do like all these things. And so sleep, I would say, just a reminder for everyone who's listening, from a cognitive standpoint, I'll give you three reasons why you want to sleep. Um, Number one, short-term short to long-term memory. That's where you actually consolidate it. Number two, it's where you clean out the the plaque in your brain that could lead to, to brain aging, Alzheimer's and such. But the third reason, it's when you dream. And that dream state is so very important for the creatives and for everyone listening to this. You don't realize it, but then when you're learning all day, your brain doesn't shut off at night. If anything, it's more active. And you're actually coming up with new ideas and new solutions for your business, for your body, for your life. But when you wake up, you forget your dreams. Like the number one thing I do in the podcast where I remember um, where I jumpstart my brain, the first thing I do when I wake up are remember my dreams. Because you don't realize this, because but in human history, culture, a lot of things came from dream states, meaning Mary Shelley came up with Frankenstein, Frankenstein in her dream. 
Mm. Elias Howe created the sewing machine in his dream. Like um, the, a chemist created the framework for the periodic table in his dream. Thomas Edison used to do that. Yeah. Wasn't he the guy? He had the little bearings and he would, as he was working, he would hold the bearings in his hands and then they would drop yeah. and then he'd wake up. And was that Edison? It, um, it was somebody. Yeah, like Einstein did it at Princeton because he wouldn't want to go in these dream states. We talk about brainwave states like theta, which is the creative state. So you, that's a great creative. Like when you sleep, you go into a, the brainwave state um, when you, when you uh, take showers. It's like you go into that creative state. You know this, right? When you're in the shower, you come up with all these great ideas. It's always when you can't write anything down. Right. So you need these memory tools. Yeah, you need to get all but, um, those little dude, I took, things. I took six showers this morning to prepare for this interview so I could be <laughs> like my best. We're actually in the shower right now for audio <laughs> listeners. Um, <laughs> cold showers, really good for you, right? Yeah. Um, Unless you're doing video. Yes. Then it's better to... Right. Sorry. And so... <laughs> Going back to these thought experiments, um, yeah, theta states, brainwave states, alpha states, a great state for learning. We actually teach people to get into alpha states to learn languages. So one of the states you could actually go into learn quotes better is this alpha state, this meditative state, because your conscious mind is set aside and, uh, and you just absorb information. One of the things that puts you into an alpha state, um, meditation, uh, self-hypnosis, that's, that's like, so that's like your critical mind is in fighting this new idea saying you are, you take action, you learn things fast and effectively, you have a great memory. It's not fighting that. So that alpha state, um, deep breathing will put you in alpha state. Mm. Um, Baroque music, classical music will put you in alpha state. Baroque, um, right. like, um, 60 beats per minute in harmonizes with resting heart rate and such. So there's all this, all this, all this depth to it. But I would say going back to the state, all learning is, is state dependent. And so what I would say is the rest is important, but what are you dreaming about late at night? Like, you know, even yesterday, the song, Paul McCartney, he came up with yesterday in his dream state. So I'm just saying like, get your restful sleep, get your REM sleep. But then I did an episode on six keys on how to remember your dreams critical must listen to episode and then finally a couple more r's to go through like how to memorize quotes when you when you're when you're doing it on your insta story which i love is um uh oh this is interesting reform reform means switch it around a little right. bit like you do um, make it yours bruce yeah. lee talks about that very he much says, so. don't call it cat cow whatever like make your own name yeah. for it i call it spinning dragon kick you call it jim quick super Ex thruster exactly but make it yours i like that the yeah. jim quick, jim quick super, super thruster. thruster i've been thinking about that for weeks that's that <laughs> <laughs> finally finally get to release that um <laughs> and then, oh, then you could reform it to the content and you could also reform the context in terms of how you do it. Like you're really good, like doing voices. So like, even like when we're doing our sessions together, you'll say something and then you'll like, you'll like, you do it in different voices, like randomly. I'm like, why is he doing that? But that helps you remember it. So if you want to remember a quote, try doing it like in Mickey Mouse's voice or Donald Duck's voice, right? right? Or, you know, high pitch or volume and everything, because that novelty creates the neuroplasticity that helps yeah. you to remember it better. And, uh. Dude, we can go on and on. And I on love it. Let's this. keep doing this if we can. If you're down, I'd love to do a part, you know, two, two to 12 yeah, yeah. or whatever. So whatever's good. Um, how do people learn more about your stuff and find you? I, I'm like just so I'm so stoked that I got to learn about you more in like a professional way. I've only known you as like, yeah, Jim, through our session, Jim the bud. But yeah. yeah. I'm excited about the stuff you're doing, man. Yeah. It's I awesome. would say if people want to get the most out of this, um, to take their brain to another level, three things, really, really simple. Um, number one, I would say follow us both on social media. 
um, because you and I are, are daily giving inspiration instruction on our on body and brain. What is your handle on there? It's uh, just everything's at Jim Quick, K-W-I-K on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Cool. Um, so I do my Instagram lives, my Facebook lives, and I just do Q&As, and I'm just answering these questions all the time. The second thing is the podcast. So if anyone has 10 or 15 minutes, their brain hacks for busy people want to learn faster and achieve more. And so how to learn a language, how to give a speech, all this great stuff, um, how to change your habits. Great episode. Um, just go to quickbrain.com, K-W-I-K-brain.com. And I have additional training free on that speed reading and memory training um, where I take live audiences up and you could actually see me teach you how to remember their names. And then the third thing I would recommend for everyone to get the most out of this episode is actually the last brain tip I'll give you is if you want to learn something faster, any subject or skill, learn with the intent of teaching somebody else. And we know this, right? Those who can't do teach, and it's not actually a negative, it's actually a positive. If you can't do something, teach it and you get better at it. And you'll, like if you had to re-listen to this episode and had to teach this the next day, your attention would be better, you would take notes better, you would post different questions and forms and you know, on social media. So I'd say, one of the ways you could do it is take a screenshot of this episode that you're listening to right now, tag both of us on there, and then post your big aha to your friends, hmm. you know, and your family. And that would be a way of you integrating it. Just like you said, it's just, it's, it doesn't become our information. It becomes their information. Right. You own it. And intent matters. So learn with the intention to teach because when you teach something, you get to learn it twice. Take a screenshot, tag us both. And I would love to see everyone's big aha. What was the one thing that you would say you're going to do or learned that's going to make a difference that you're going to apply? And then also publicly putting it out there makes you more accountable and responsible to be able to to put into use. I love that. And then do you do online programs and ways people can go yeah. deeper into this? We have, we have a 30 day focus program. We have a 30 day speed reading program and a 30 day memory program. Just cool. go to quick learning, kwiklearning.com. And that's basically to learn any subject, anytime faster. Sweet. Dude, this was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I want to keep doing it. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna hopefully we're gonna we can do, this. do so. Stay uh, tuned. Dude, I want to get whatever. you. I want to get you on my show. <laughs> yeah, we can do that. If we, we do, do that, that, we'll um we'll co-release this. Assumingly, we do that, and then um and so then, people can jump over to that as well. And then we'll also um can I leave everyone with a quote? Please. That they can memorize. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, here we go. I compare your life to an egg. That if an egg is broken by an outside force, life ends. But if it's broken by an inside force, life begins. All great things begin on the inside. And you have greatness inside of you. You have genius inside of you. And now is the time to let it out. Who's that? Is that you? That's me. God dang, Jim, quick. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, man. I appreciate appreciate you. All right. Over and out. Tune in to part two. Align Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning into that conversation. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Some ways that you can support this podcast, one of which you can pick up an Align Band, which is a heavy-duty resistance band, comes along with a door anchor and a carrying case, and a video guide on how to mobilize those joints and integrate that body of yours. Really great stuff. You can be found at aligntherapy.com and also on amazon.com. Thank you also so much for utilizing the Amazon affiliate link on the right hand sidebar of the podcast page bookmark that thing anytime you purchase some crap on amazon purchase that crap through that link we get percentage of it costs you nothing and 
I think that's enough. Thank you guys so much for reviews on iTunes. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. Have a beautiful rest of your day. Pow.